Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies, so kick back, grab a snack, and thank you for being a part of the conversation. Wasn't bad. That was good. It's been, uh, we're back to monthly again, which uh, is... It's a shame, but it works out because quarantine and, you know... Yep. Trying to hide their wrappers okay. <laughs> from the microphone. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I feel like it's been a while since we've been here. Um, so speaking of been in a while, what are some of the things? I guess I'll kick it off since you just munched into the cracker. <laughs> so uh, we've been keeping busy with watching movies and whatnot, and uh, with the French Dispatch coming out soon, uh, which is going to be the next Wes Anderson movie. Uh, me and Skyler have, or Skyler and I, for you know the grammar people, Nick. Uh, We've been watching all the Wes Anderson movies in preparation for that, mainly because I, before all these movies, had not seen a single one, uh, so I was very excited to watch these, and I must say, I've been uh, enjoying all of them, and I think they're a lot of fun, a lot of quirky characters, which is just right up my alley, and... And yeah, I'm just excited to watch the last one, which is going to be Bottle Rocket, which ironically is his first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's always fun to see directors use the same actors over and over again, especially if you know that they have that good relationship. Like, uh, well, Wes Anderson does it, uh, Tarantino does it, and Nolan. Nolan, yeah, Nolan uses the same people in every single movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just nice to see that you know they have that friendship and they constantly come back and want to work with that director. So it's it's always nice to see that. Yeah, it's cool. I'm glad you've been catching up on Wes Anderson. I've finally seen every Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Up until then, I had seen all of them except Following and Insomnia. Mm-hmm. And Hannah and I got it right the first time. Sat down and just watched all of the Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. Just rewatched all of them. You know, did a little ranking. That was nice. Um, but it was uh, it was interesting. Um, I enjoyed both Following and Insomnia. But I, Christopher Nolan's my favorite filmmaker. So obviously. I love all of his movies, some more than others, mm-hmm. and uh, it was funny, like, the ones, when you rewatch all of them, there are some that you forgot, like, that one was really good, and I forgot how good that one was, and it's, you know, going back, like, Batman Begins is so good, Yeah, and you forget how good that is until you rewatch it, and it's, uh, it's really... Because 2005, so it's been a long time since mm-hmm. that's been out. Yeah, and it was really, really um, just a fun little, like, kind of, almost like an exercise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you kind of felt the same way. It, just, it felt nice to just kind of, like, there's some weird sense of closure in seeing all of them. And the reason we do that is because Tenet's coming out soon. Yeah. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, and, you know, luckily, Nolan's only made, like, ten movies. So it's not like, like let's watch all of Spielberg's movies. And he has, right, like, like, 40. All, yeah. yeah. So that would be uh, quite of a, uh, a task. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I've just been trying to, you know, watch as many movies as possible during quarantine. Yeah. Doing uh, the Evil Dead trilogy for the next classic movies. So that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, that's the other. those are the other movies I've been watching, obviously, is the James Bond, if you've been keeping up with the franchise spotlight. Uh, this I don't know when... The, sometime this week, uh, this podcast will be up, but I'm sure franchise spotlight will be up before that, which will be on Tuesday, which is GoldenEye, which is the first Pierce Brosnan one. And uh, I can say I've already watched it, but it won't do you no good, because the video will be out before then, but... Uh, very fun movie. Very goofy and dark. That is one of the James Bond movies that I have seen. <laughs> and I like it very much. It's 
funny enough, it's one of the like more iconic ones. I'd argue that like mm-hmm. even if you're not a James Bond fan, because of the video games. Yes, exactly. Because uh, the video game came out for Nintendo 64, which I grew up playing and had so much fun playing that. Um, but what a what a great time that is. Great movie. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not even sorry about the sound of these crackers. <laughs> I'm so fucking hungry. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you, man. Go for it. But I'm not excited for Die Another Day or Die Another Day. That's the 2002 one, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it, dude! I and I've, I've seen I, that one too. It's been forever since I've seen that one, but I just found out that John Cleese was Q in that, and that just like furthered stamped that that's going to be Nick's favorite, which yeah. is just going to upset Nick, us. To Nick no will end. love Die Another Day. Yeah, it's going to upset us to no end because there's so many good ones. Those of you who don't know Nick. We're talking about the person whose favorite Batman movie is Batman Forever, and uh, which are, who are the villains in that one? Riddler, Jim by Jim Carrey, and Two Face by Tommy Lee Jones, and his favorite movie of all time is Con Air. So and he'll defend it very well. Yeah, and so that's why we know. I threatened him with this crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we know that um, Die Another Day will be his favorite, and it will annoy both Ryan and I. Yeah, because there's so many other good ones. That, that's that's probably the worst one, but it'll be ironically his favorite. But you know, more power to him. That's what makes film so beautiful is that it's subjective. We could watch the same thing and have two different opinions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, so uh, going into some of the topics that we have yeah, for yeah, the yeah. day, before we get into our main ones, I want to know your opinion on something. Okay. I made a video for the channel recently mm-hmm. about the whole movie theaters versus Universal Pictures debacle. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. Um, it's uh, kind of there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of misleading headlines out there as to what's really going on, and I just wanted to clear it up as much as possible. And I tried my best on it. So I mean, not really. I was really lazy with the graphics. Could have been a lot better, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but um, I I never really got your full opinion or you know grasp on like like what did you know about it before mm-hmm. the video and. Has your opinion on it changed or not changed since then? Yeah. Uh, well, I honestly did not know much going into it, I'll be honest. But I did know that after working at a movie theater for a few years, that you kind of noticed a trend mm-hmm. where like, a movie would premiere uh, pretty much worldwide, generally around the same time, uh, be in theaters for a few months, depending on how well it did. It would be out of theaters for like a month or two, and then it'd go to streaming. Uh, and I kind of thought that, that maybe somewhere along the line they had a contract stating with like different studios that like that's kind of how things go, whether it was literally a written rule or an unwritten rule, just kind of like how movie theaters ran, because obviously they need to make their money in the movie industry and whatnot. Uh, but it's fascinating that Universal Pictures was like, ah, we'll release Trolls 2 like, on video on demand and in theaters at the same time. And then AMC was like, well, under those mm-hmm. guidelines, and if you continue to do that, or if you just do that in general, we won't hold your movie, which is going to mm-hmm. be Trolls 2 or any other movie that they do with that yeah. parameter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, it's fascinating that they're having this feud, and AMC is catching a lot of heat for it, which I think that they're in the right for because they need yeah. to protect themselves. Like that's as their a movie. business. It yeah. is, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like, you know, if you were selling oranges. And you were the only person in town that sold oranges, and I came in. I was like, well, yo, I sell fucking oranges and apples. And you're like, yo, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm intruding on your business. That's what mm-hmm. Universal Pictures is doing. They're intruding on the theater industry. Mm-hmm. And honestly, good for AMC for, 
I think they're the only ones who have spoken up about uh, this. Cineworld, right? who owns Regal, have spoken up. But okay. Regal themselves haven't, but mm-hmm. the parent company of Regal has. Okay. So basically, Regal has spoken. Yeah. And um, Cineworld also owns a bunch of movies over in the UK as well. Okay. So it's like also like a worldwide kind of like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. But, but like the thing that's interesting though. Is there's always been movies that are intended for VOD, but mm-hmm. the studios will tell theaters ahead of time, like, hey, this movie is only going to be for VOD. Like, we don't plan on doing a theatrical release for this. And then, it, like, it's fine. Yeah. It's when you break that window where shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if uh, Universal is like, we're going to put Fast and Furious 9 straight to VOD. Like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way they would do that. And... I'm curious as to how much longer this is going to go because clearly right now the the reason why they cause all these headlines is because they want to negotiate with each other and yeah. speak. So I'm curious as to what's going to go down there. Well, because uh, it, yeah, it's already been released. That's how they have these all these streaming numbers, and mm-hmm. so I'm curious to know if they take it off of VOD if these theaters will still hold Trolls. Mm-hmm. No, Trolls isn't even the problem. The problem is. When they were doing the PR spin about, oh, oh, look how successful Trolls was on VOD, mm-hmm. the CEO of Universal, NBC Universal, was like, yeah, it was so successful, we're going to do this with a bunch of movies. Oh, and then they were okay. like, yeah. no, you're not. <laughs> good luck, buddy. Yeah. Which, honestly, good for AMC and all these other theater chains that are sticking to their guns and protecting their businesses, because ultimately... That's what they do. They mm-hmm. have movies. They have a good. People go out and watch those. If Universal Pictures is going to, or any studio for that yeah. matter, not just necessarily Universal Pictures, but if any studio is going to impede on their business, then theater, theaters are going to go out of business because no one's going to want to go out when they can just sit at home and watch movies from their own home. Yeah, but, but, but also... What Universal, I think, is realizing now is like no other movie studio is coming out and like defended Universal. Oh, yeah. They're all like, no, "No, we need theaters to make a lot of money, so we're good. They make much more money going into theaters rather than at home. Basically, it's high risk, high reward. Mm -hmm. So, do you risk losing a lot of money by going into theaters? Yes. But if you are successful, you make tons of money. Oh, yeah. So, it's, it's like. You can't get as rich, but you can But you also won't get as poor. Yeah, it's a it's a whole risk putting a movie into theaters, and it's just interesting. I thought the whole debacle was just very interesting. No, it is. It's it's very fascinating seeing how these two, I guess, corporations, if you want to call them, in the same industry are going at each other. Yeah, but I, I'm curious to know how because I don't know how that comment came up. Because I think he was being interviewed on the success of Trolls, Trolls. and what his opinion mm-hmm. was, right? Yeah, the success of yeah. Trolls, yeah. Um, but I don't think that... Like, I don't think that was his intention to say that. I think it was more of a backhanded remark, unless that was his intention to, like, come well, out and be I, like, oh, I that's... Think, this. I think what he was trying to say was... Hey, um, like, yeah, it was great. And in the future, not only are we going to put movies in theaters, but a lot of the movies that we originally thought were unsure how they would do theatrically, we're just going to have them be straight to VOD movies. Okay. I think that's what he wanted to say. But what he came out and said was, we're going to do movies on both formats. And it's like, that doesn't look good. What yeah. do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Like, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people are acting like this is a new thing. AMC, like, oh, wow, suddenly they're not going to play the movies. It's like, no, that's always it's always been the way it is. If, if, if you break that window, mm-hmm. the movie's not getting shown. 
Like, why would they? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, but, it's very uh, interesting. Moving on to our next story. Mm-hmm. We're going to go from companies arguing to companies working together. Wow. I polar th- opposites. Right. I thought this was actually pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man 3. Well, not Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3, but like the, 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 the MCU, Sony, the new Spider-Man movie... Um, obviously had to shift its release date because like tons of movies are shifting their release dates. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man 3 is part of the MCU for Marvel as well. So it looks like they're in cahoots on what movies need to come out first because Disney announced a bunch of their release dates being pushed back for all of their Phase 4 movies in the right order. So it's like, okay, you know that they're meant to be seen in that order. But one of the movies that was pushed back was obviously Doctor Strange 2. And then... A couple weeks later, Doctor Strange 2 got pushed back again, and so did everything after Doctor Strange 2, and what took Doctor Strange 2's release date was Spider-Man 3. So Disney gave up a release date that they had on hold and gave it to Sony, Hmm. because that probably means Kevin Feige needs Spider-Man 3 to come out before Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. So which I thought that was interesting, and because usually like a release date is like a it's like a baby. Like when you have it, it's like ah, oh, no one's taking that release date from me. And Marvel right. was just like, hey, we need Spider Man to come out right here. Is that you know? And they worked it out with Sony because like we needed to come out before Doctor Strange, so this was our Doctor Strange day. Do you want this date? They were like, sure. And then they like gave them the date. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all this from Newsweek, by the way. But yeah, so clearly they're in some sort of negotiation on the release dates of the films, which I thought was quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Sony's also moved back all of their movies as well. Yeah. So now, what are your general thoughts on this whole, like, them obviously being in cahoots on the release dates? Because we know that they've worked together. They've made Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home together. Yeah. So obviously they have a good working relationship. I mean, they had Good. That. Yeah. <laughs> good. They, they have a working relationship. Yeah. So um, just what are your thoughts on them being able to come together and, like, assort their release dates in that way? Well, it's interesting that Spider-Man is said to be the first one in this next phase which i would think that'd be doctor strange in the multiverse of madness because it sounds like they're just going to open up a bunch of different doors to a bunch of different types of movies and universes um but it obviously makes sense especially after watching far from home and how that movie ends like you mm-hmm. have to have another movie come out right after that otherwise mm-hmm. you're just sitting on that and people may lose interest but i'm curious to see what route they're going to go with that uh, because we have seen the Morbius trailer, which also got pushed back. And Venom 2. And they Venom all 2. Got back. Um, and at the end of the Morbius trailer, we see Michael Keaton's Vulture, mm-hmm. who was in Homecoming. So I want answers. Yeah. When, 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 we just keep getting more questions. We just need Sony. We need Amy Pascal, God bless her heart, and Kevin Feige to sit in front of cameras and be like, okay. Here's what's connected. Yeah. Here's what isn't. Like, don't play this hopscotch game that they've been going around playing. It's super aggravating. It is super aggravating, but I also understand it because there was tension at one time. I'm not saying there isn't tension now between them. But a very obvious tension. Yeah. But I think if they just came out and cleared the air, it would make sense. Like, the first Venom movie, if you want to say that's not in the universe, okay, then Venom 2 could be, you know? Especially if you bring in... Uh, Doctor Strange before that, and that's how yeah. they can because that's that's initially my thought is yeah. how they were going to connect everything, and they could still very well do that mm-hmm. um, using Doctor Strange to connect everyone, which would make perfect sense. Yeah, but also 
they'd have to be very careful with how they do that. Exactly, because if Spider-Man 3 has to come out before Doctor Strange 2, that means however the MCU is affected by Spider-Man 3 is in the script for Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. So which I find interesting. They don't even have a script ready for Doctor Strange 2 yet, They're they're writing it now. Okay. But, you know, Kevin Feige's master plan, he's like, something happens, and I mean, I'm not saying, but like, just... Work with me here. Speculation, yeah. For Spider-Man 3, let's say all of Chicago gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then in Doctor Strange 2, part of the plot point is rebuilding Chicago. Well, if Doctor Strange 2 came out before Spider-Man, and like, why sense. are they rebuilding Chicago? And then yeah. Spider-Man 3, Chicago gets destroyed. They'd be like, oh, but okay. Yeah. Then you have to do a bunch of PR about how Spider-Man 3 is a prequel to Doctor Strange 2. And it's like, but why? So yeah. it'd be a whole weird scenario there. But do they have a director for Spider-Man 3? John Watts is coming back. Oh, he is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. From what I understand. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And please, but Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal just come out and be like, all right, here's what's connected. Here's is what Amy isn't. Is Pascal still at Sony? I thought she left. She's allowed to do Spider-Man. <laughs> I feel like that's just a pity thing at this point. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it sounds like a pity thing. Mm-hmm. Ironically, the reason why she got demoted was because in those leaked Sony emails, she said that they need to pay the women less. Oh, God. And that's why she got demoted. And it's like, but you're a female. Okay. Like, it's a, this most confusing thing ever. But, yeah. yeah. Stupid. Um, But just since we're talking about Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, if you guys haven't seen the video of Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal promoting Spider-Man Homecoming and Amy Pascal straight up saying completely out of her ass that Venom is part of the MCU and Kevin Feige's face just trying not to lose his shit during the interview mm-hmm. find the edit with the curb your enthusiasm music it's so much better but just please do yourself a favor and watch that because it is so damn funny yeah it's great and didn't uh i, I didn't look much into it because i didn't think much of it at the time but was tom holland actually on set or were those just rumors or did he actually film scenes in rumors Venom? rumors but tom hardy has been active on instagram and he recently Put up a picture he had one that was deleted and right? deleted a picture of venom like eating spider-man mm-hmm. but it was tom holland spider-man okay and let's clear the fucking air on this one the title for venom 2 is absolute fucking garbage okay <laughs> they could totally think of a better title than absolutely then what is it like in like let there ab- be carnage let there be carnage like absolute carnage. I get that's a comic line. This but just like, in. This just this just in. Yeah. Um. The Batman Matt Reeves sequel will be called The Batman Let There Be Joker. It's a joke. Okay. I was like, <laughs> no. Do you think I was being serious? Yeah, dude. No. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. See, that'd be stupid. Like, let there be carnage. Go fuck yourselves. That's so stupid. Yeah. It could just be Venom Two Carnage. Simple. Or Keep even, it simple. Um, what the fuck is this comic storyline called? Absolute, absolute carnage. carnage. Yeah, yeah. Venom, absolute carnage would have been fun. Yeah, and I'm actually funny enough. I'm actually reading that line right now. It's not bad. It's, it's a good line. Yeah, but I think the problem if they did absolute carnage, naturally everyone would be like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, and then if it came out, they'd have like a bad rap because it's not staying true to the yeah. storyline, yeah. and it's like it's just a fucking movie title, dude. I got one for you, Venom Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Venom and Carnage. Yeah. Something, you know? God. I hope that's a buddy cop movie. <laughs> Let there be Carnage. 
Ugh. <laughs> what a stupid title. No, even dumber. Have you seen what Sony has officially named their cinematic universe? It's like Spider-Man? S- some cap or something like that. Spunk. Sp- <laughs> Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. Oh my god. It's awful. Didn't they try to announce like their universe name a while ago and it sounded stupid And everyone too. was just like, no. Yeah. And then this one's even worse. Yeah. Do I not call it the SPSV? The Sony Pictures Spider-Verse. Yeah. So easy. Very cool. Thank you, Kanye. <laughs> but it's just... I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand it. It, does, it doesn't make sense. I don't know who created that fucking name. Yeah. But uh, what else you got? Uh, we'll do the last official story before we get into anything random we want to sure. talk about. The Academy. Is the a, Academy. The fucking Film Academy. The Academy. The, <laughs> the Academy. I'm going to hate when I edit that. <laughs> the Academy is having a one-year-only rule change because of all of the craziness. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I give that a seven. That was pretty weak. Thank you, thank you. In the world. Uh-huh. Apparently, movies that are streaming will be eligible for Academy Awards this year. Trolls? Uh, <laughs> best animation? Absolutely, probably. Yeah. That'll be so fucking funny when that happens. But the rule is... They have to have been originally slated for theatrical release. Yeah, so so like a if movie, they've already had the date planned during what is now quarantine and they mm-hmm. had to push back, that makes sense. Yes. But I'm curious to know how that's going to fare for movies that move to next year. Are they going to move those back up? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to keep their... If, if, if your movie's date's been moved, it's staying. Because that costs money. Does it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you're making a booking. At a, at a, uh, like a, okay. And it's like... No, that's you have why to change the whole marketing. That's yeah. why, yeah. That's why a lot of them are waiting so late before they push. God, tenant, please don't move. God, tenant, please. I'll wear a hazmat suit. I don't if even I have know to. what that fucking plot is. I could, I could read the plot synopsis, and I wouldn't make it. It wouldn't make sense to mm-hmm. me. All they had to do was new Christopher Nolan movie, and I was like, okay. Because that's how it came out, right? It was only in theaters, and it's like from Christopher Nolan. And you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> Excuse me. All right, I'm in. Here we go. Oh, no, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So for one year only, for one year only, um, the rules are: if your movie was supposed to come out in theaters, but <clears> you had to move to VOD because of the virus, you are eligible still for Academy Awards. Okay, only for this year. But then they've made a permanent change that I think is actually a good change if they do it right. Mm-hmm. And that is the best sound editing and sound mixing categories are being combined into one category: best sound, where both the editors and the mixers will get the award. Okay, that's if they do it right. If they just call it best sound and one person gets it, that'd be so shitty. But I, from what I understand, sound mixing and sound editing people will both be nominated for mm-hmm. best sound. So it'd be a lot of people on stage. But uh, a lot of fucking speeches. Yep. But um. But yeah. So best sounds being combined into one category, which is interesting. I thought. Yeah. And I know that's something that people have been wanting for a while now. Because, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't even know the difference between sound mixing and sound editing. Um, but apparently not a lot of other people do either because it's the two Academy, different movies the, the, that end up winning. The Academy doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so, easy answer. It's more complicated than this. Easy answer. Sound editing is like the sound design, like the sounds themselves. Like the me sound hitting a table. And... Yes. Okay. Or like the sound of a lightsaber okay. is sound editing. Okay. Sound mixing is taking dialogue, music, foley, that sound design, 
and mixing it and leveling it out and making sure that nothing is above or below par and making sure everything sounds perfect and clean. Okay. So they used to be separate categories. Now they're the same category at the Oscars. I mean, if they, like you, I think if they do it right, it'll work out, you know, giving both the sound mixers and editors the Oscar because you're encompassing both of them into best sound, which mm-hmm. sound does take both of those things to be put into the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I do too. Yeah. So we're on agreement there. Yeah. No, I, because I, I mean, other than you just telling me that now, I didn't know the difference, mm-hmm. but hopefully that, hopefully there's not a lot of uh, backlash with whatever the first winner of best sound is. Because um, I know that, there's always been confusion of like, well, why didn't this movie win best mixing? Yeah. If it if this movie just won best sound. Yeah. So, hopefully we'll see. It, if... It's a whole bag of dicks. Yeah. There's always a movie that gets like shafted. Yeah. Like I, I think a Quiet Place got a best sound editing nomination, but not a best sound mixing nomination. And Which it's doesn't like, make sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like okay. Yeah. Fine, I guess. But yeah, pretty much any war movie is gonna win that award, though. War movies, um, car movies, mm-hmm. things like that. Loud, loud, obnoxious movies. <laughs> they should it. just rename the Oscar to that. <laughs> loud, obnoxious noise music. <laughs> Best noise. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking funny would that be? That is the Oscar I want to win. <laughs> Fuck Best Picture. I want to win Best Noise. But, 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 but when they but when they say it, they have to say it like, here are the nominees for Best Noise. Best like, Noise. <laughs> I am on board for that one, actually. Oh. <laughs> Son of a oh bitch. Oh my god. That's funny. But um, I, Now I'm thinking of like movies that would have won Best Noise. <laughs> Like, Inception would have totally won Best Noise. <laughs> Star Wars would have won Best Noise. Oh, every Star Wars movie would have won Best Noise. Tokyo Drift. Absolutely. Tokyo Drift. Best Drift. Noise. Oh. God damn it, dude. You want know throw music into that category as well. Like, any audio thing just turns into Best Noise. Yeah. Best Original Noise. <laughs> best Adapted Noise. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, random question. Yeah. Now that we're like kind of joking about this, what is an Oscar category that isn't a category but needs to happen? We've talked about it briefly before. Um, anything specific? So, naturally, I want to say horror films because I'm a big horror film guy, and I feel like they don't get enough love, and we've talked about it extensively with Tony Collette being snubbed at the Oscars, but I don't understand how they would do like a best horror because they don't have like a best thriller, best action or yeah, anything there's, there's like that. There's not a whole lot of genre categories except like best animated film. Yeah, which I can understand that one, which I understand that there's like a lot of backlash whenever they did create their own category. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to say one, I'd probably say like best casting director um, just because like if you go at the MCU the casting for that was fantastic and typically you only have one casting director on any given movie mm-hmm. and the casting is probably one of the most important i mean I, i'd say they're all important jobs like the screenwriter to director to producer yeah. like they're all important there's not an unimportant job yeah exactly mm-hmm. but 
casting director is literally in charge of bringing these characters from a page and making it into a person and they have to decide who best would fit that character yeah um so i think that's a very essential job unsung heroes yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. I feel like they don't get enough love. Yeah, no, I, 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 see, like, I, I couldn't name one casting director off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I could name like producers, writers. Yeah. I could mm-hmm. name uh, yeah, directors. It, it would help them get them in the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. But, but what um, about you? I, I agree with you on that one, mm-hmm. and that's one that's been argued for for a while. But one that I think would also be nice is best stunt coordinator or best like stunt choreographer. Okay, not necessarily best stunt because like whatever Mission Impossible movie comes out that year is going to win that. Yeah, but like when you watch movies like. John Wick and The Raid. You mm-hmm. know, like movies where it's like so much work mm-hmm. went into crafting a scene that felt realistic and just it's almost like a well choreographed dance. Yeah. And it's just like there's something so fundamentally unique about that aspect of filmmaking that I think that's why I think it deserves its own category. Because like you can be nominated for an Oscar like you can be best sound can be nominated for a movie that isn't overall a good movie. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like a best stunt coordination, like your movie doesn't have to be all that great, but if you have a really incredible stunts, they should be recognized. Cause like your stunt coordinator is not going to make your movie good, but they still deserve to be recognized. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, yeah. look at Jackie Chan. He made a whole career based yeah. off his stunts. Yeah. And I mean, he's not going to win best actor. I mean, yeah. he could, but someone like him should be recognized mm-hmm. for the work and everything that they've done for their genre of film that they've made and helped bring to life. Yeah. And it, it, it's one of those things with like, um, like I, I mentioned John Wick and the raid and stuff like that earlier, but also even movies like fast and furious. Like, mm-hmm. like if you have like practical stunts going mm-hmm. on, the person who coordinates and choreographs each of those stunts mm-hmm. and pulls it off on camera like, when I was rewatching Nolan movies, I rewatched The Dark Knight. And, like, when they flip that semi-truck in the air, like, and it's all practical, it's, like, whoever thought of that, they're probably, like, you're insane. But they pulled it off, and it worked great, and it's mm-hmm. to wonderful effect in the film. So just, like, you know, they're literally crafting moments like that that are not easily pulled off and can easily pull you out of the movie if they're not done well. So I have a two-parter question for you, then, with that, mm-hmm. is the first question is, would you only allow practical stunts? In this category. Yes. Okay, and then follow-up question is, if this were to be a thing, do you think it would help promote people to go more practical than just CG work? Like, whenever you think of uh, stunts and CG, I think of Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Whenever they're fighting off, like, villains or whatever, they have these great, like, fight sequences. Uh, Would you think that having this Oscar would help promote more practical stunts and more practical action scenes not from a studio standpoint but from a stunt coordination standpoint okay because you're gonna have a lot more stunt coordinators who are like yo this is my time to shine mm-hmm. let me do these stunts and it, i think it might encourage that more but also encourage people to go into the stunt profession okay because it's it's uh it's a profession that's very unique and very difficult and it's, it's also like it's literally staging combat that seems natural realistic and fits within a story that's not yours, mm-hmm. that you're not telling. So it's it's a really interesting and hard job, I think, that deserves some recognition. And one movie that I want to point out, because I recently just watched this, was Ang Lee's Couching, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Amazing stunts in that Those movie. stunts and those fight scenes all tell a story. Mm-hmm. And there's no dialogue when they're fighting. You just have to get the story from the way that they're moving mm-hmm. and dancing. And I mean, that's what they're doing. They're dancing. They're fighting. Mm-hmm. And... 
that is a prime example of storytelling through stunts. Mm-hmm. And not not only that, but like um, so other than stunts, like I don't know if I fully agree with this, but I want to run this by you. Okay. Because I've, ta- I've talked to people who, I forget who it was, it's going to kill me, but someone brought up, hey, wouldn't it be cool if the Oscars, instead of making nominees for Best Picture, they made nominees for every genre? Like best drama, best horror, best action, best comedy, best mm-hmm. whatever, and then the winners of each of those categories are automatically revealed as a best picture nomination, and then at the end of the night, when all of the best genre awards are given out, all of the winners are then announced as here are your nominees for best overall picture, and mm-hmm. then a winner is chosen from those winners. And I was like, that's cool, but then it takes away the like the how difficult it is to win an Oscar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, that's my struggle with, like, letting genre stuff in there. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's pushing it even with animation. But at the same time, it's nice animated films get recognized. Mm-hmm. Where always, the, th- the reason why I, like, Get Out was able to be recognized is because this is a movie that was so good. It transcended boundaries and was nominated for an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Where it's no holds barred, any any genre can be nominated. Yeah. And to me, like even movies like Jojo Rabbit, like a satirical comedy, making it all the way to the Academy Awards. is something that was a huge leap and bound and very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you genre them out, then the feat seems a whole lot less appealing. And yeah. you're only limiting the genre to one per category. Mm-hmm. Which I feel is a bit meek, but your your thoughts on sort of that idea? It's interesting to think about, but there's no logistical way to do it, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you look at the Golden Globes, they have best comedy and musical, and then drama, and it's a it's a two parter category. It's best drama and best something M- musical or comedy, musical comedy, and then there's drama and whatever the other one is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I believe, was a comedy musical. And it's like, no, that's a drama. Mm -hmm. So how do you make differences in these movies whenever Mm -hmm. they're multi-genre, you know? So it's I feel like that logistical reason would piss off a lot of people. And it just wouldn't make sense for the Academy. Uh, Because I think, like you, having just Best Picture and then having this comedy just come out of nowhere, Jojo Rabbit, and just go all the way to Best Picture. You have Get Out, which is a horror movie, go all the way to Best Picture when everyone's like, oh, it's just a horror movie. Well, it's, it's much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it trans transcends these boundaries and ultimately gets up to Best Picture to compete with what's said to be the best movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there's any logistical way to do it, but I do think it's a fascinating idea to play around with yeah. but nothing more than that yeah yeah no, interesting though with casting directors and stunt coordinators i think that both of those kind of deserve recognition yeah absolutely i mean because screenwriter screenwriters get love sound designers mm-hmm. get love directors producers everyone gets love mm-hmm. except for people who work with producers people who work with directors casting directors stunt uh coordinators yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's an odd weird thing yeah yeah yeah, but that, that's all I had planned for today's show. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, good sir? Um, nothing that I can really think of. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, so much for watching. We'll see you again next month. Hopefully the world is in a much better place by then. Yeah. But uh, we'll still keep you up to date with Franchise Spotlight and Classic Movie Reviews for now. And if we have any other updates on anything we're going to release, you can follow us on social media, Facebook at Movie Nights, and Instagram and Twitter at Nights underscore Movie. 
And uh, yeah, that's just about it. So thanks everyone for watching and we'll uh, see you next time. Yeah, stay safe. <laughs>